Hey everyone, you know Brennan and Eric take football very seriously, but there's something we should be taking even more seriously, and that is your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that could be not be further from the truth. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online. One of the biggest advantages of BetterHelp is how quickly you can start talking to a licensed professional. If you have looked for a therapist in the area, you can you know it's, it can even take weeks or even months just to find someone that you're comfortable talking to. With BetterHelp, it can take as little as 48 hours and it is easy to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thanks so much for tuning in today, everybody. If you haven't already, Hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. Really cool episode for you today. Really excited for this one. I am joined by the anchor of Sports Center on ESPN, avid Philadelphia sports fan, Kevin Nagandi. One of my favorites is joining me. Kevin, what's going on? Brendan, it's good to see you, man. Fly Eagles fly. It's been an interesting week as we get ready yeah. for the Cowboys, but uh, lots to discuss. Yeah, this is uh, it was all it was all fun and dandy. I guess fine and dandy. Um, after the the Bears win, it was a little bit of a tough go, but they end up securing the win. And um, some news broke down um on Monday that uh that kind of maybe not shocked the world. I actually when that hit happened on Jalen Hurts, I think you were you the same way. Like some something was in your brain going nothing, nothing's all right here, right? Especially how he laid that he laid down an extra like beat on the ground. Yeah, and at one point I was like, "Did he get the wind knocked out of him?" That that was my first thought. Oh no, did he get the wind knocked out of him because the ball was secure underneath his, his stomach, and then you know you saw the the defensive lineman land on him at three hundred plus pounds. But when he threw that ball, like right afterwards to Devonte, and then of course that beautiful sixty eight yard dime to AJ Brown in the fourth quarter, like you're like, "All right, he'll be fine." Yeah, uh, I wasn't surprised by it. I was more stunned that when we got the news to see what he did after the injury. And mm-hmm. uh, that just shows you uh, the toughness of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, apparently. So um, I think it was Jeff McClain of the Philly Inquirer said that uh, when he was lying on the ground, he told Milo Allen to pick him the F up. He, yep. didn't, he didn't want to stay down. So uh, Jalen Hurts is definitely one um, one tough guy. What's your I guess what's your concern level with the injury going forward? So we don't know the extent each each type of separated shoulder, you know, has different levels. Right. Especially if it's your throwing shoulder. We don't know the extent of it. So my my I don't have a concern right now because my belief is, is that this is a couple of weeks and it'll be OK. Uh, if it was a must win situation, I think he'd probably be out there Saturday night. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he should play on Saturday because he doesn't have to. Thank you, Jaguars and what they did in overtime. And then the final two games are at home against the Saints and Giants, and all you need is one. So, to me, it'd be a great idea to rest him. You beat the Saints, and then you could rest him against the Giants, and then you get the bye, right? So, uh, my my only concern is just I felt like, and I think we go through all this, Sirianni and Steichen have done a phenomenal job. They just – Sometimes try to get too fancy when you have a fantastic running back who's been playing really well the previous three weeks, uh, you know, and Miles Sanders. Why why is Hurts carrying the ball so much? Like, specifically the Giants game the week before, I was like, what are we doing? Why are we going between the tackles here on number one? Like, no, Mm -hmm. no more. 
so that's that's my concern that they, they get they get a little too uh rely you know reliant on number one's running ability and then naturally this is going to happen so um that's my concern moving forward here on on making sure you know that one is still a integral part of the offense without constantly calling his number on run plays yeah so i actually did some stat digging because it felt like to me they were running jalen hurts too much during that game as well and then when i did dug up some stats he had 17 carries in total two of them were kneel downs um and then the three of them were scrambles so he had 12 design runs in that game now that can be um put towards his own read as well right so if you, like he, he holds on the ball himself and, and takes off so that's a decision that he has to make so it's not just all design runs. So the stat is a little skewed, but I agree. I, I felt like he was run. He was run too much during that game. Miles Sanders ended up a carry till the fourth quarter, or so, sorry, the second quarter, which I thought was way too long. I don't know what happened to Miles Sanders. Yeah, we getting up to that game. I don't know how he ended up in Sirianni's doghouse, especially how well he played the week before. So um, I I feel like they have to kind of let it all loose in the playoffs, running Jalen Hurts as much as possible. But I, I I felt like that game they did maybe put him in harm's way a little bit, but. That's how he's the MVP, right? That's how he's been not the MVP. One of the one of the MVP candidates, and that's how he's been so good as his running ability. So it's kind of hard. You have to weigh both outcomes. Uh, again, I completely agree with you, Brendan. In, in a situation like like you mentioned, like in the playoffs, you know, all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. Um, against the Bears in the first quarter, uh, why are you in, in those windy conditions? You know, why aren't you including 26 in the offense, right? And I understand Miles dropped the ball inside the red zone for the Bears and that, you know, that that got Chicago's offense back in the game. But, like, you got to go back to find some consistency in getting 26 the ball or getting Boston Scott involved, making sure that – listen, the the biggest biggest game or sequence in the Eagles' entire season – was the second half of the Cowboys game, the first meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And what do they do? We're going to run the football. And we're, we're our, our, I've always said this, the, the MVP or the most critical position on the Eagles is the entire offensive line. Yeah. And that is your strength of all strengths. Then make sure you're running behind that strength. And I understand and I appreciate you doing the research. There are 12 design runs there. Uh, specifically in a game like this, they're throwing the ball. They had 12 passes of 20 plus yards. Yeah, it was weird that was the game plan that, that for them to go deep. It, it didn't, it was odd. Like, I, Especially I felt in like the conditions, right? Yeah, yeah. it was, it, it did work a little bit, right? Like, they, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown had what, over 110 yards each. AJ Brown had a career high. Devonta Smith had five catches, for like 126. So I guess it worked, but it did. That was their game plan to attack the Bears deep. Like that's yes, what the but, team is we going. Too many times it's let's go for the home run ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, now it's second and ten, third and ten. Let's get number one the ball. <laughs> right. How about we establish a little bit in the first downs? Let's get 26 the ball a little bit. Let's get some momentum a little bit and then get, you know, second and six mm-hmm. and see if and you know, it's gonna help immensely having Dallas Goddard back in this game. Yeah. Uh, specifically for for that that mid-range. 12 to 15 yard pass that I think they were so successful with and spreading everything out to be able to get the long ball down the field. I'm happy you brought up Goddard because um, I had a tweet about this yesterday in the game that Gardner Minshew did start last year against the Jets. Goddard was awesome. 
six catches, 105 yards, two touchdowns. He was Minshew's kind of biggest weapon. He had two touchdowns, I think, in the first quarter. They were both before the Jets could even blink. So if Minshew does have to play, I, I do think Goddard coming back is massive just for him in general. And when I was watching the Jets tape, um, the Eagles-Jets in 2021, a whole lot of Jalen Rager, a whole lot of J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. So <laughs> this is a different team for Gardner Minshew to kind of succeed with um, if he, again, if he does have to play. But, Kevin, what's – uh? I guess what's your favorite matchup going into this Dallas game? Because there's a lot you can look at. Michael Parsons against the offensive line. Um, Hassan Reddick is playing absolutely lights out yeah. lately. He was an absolute monster in that game against the Bears. I Going back and watching that game, it was, it was better the second time around. He could have had seven sacks if you want. If Fields wasn't running around like crazy, he could have had at least seven sacks. But, uh, Kevin, I guess what's your favorite matchup hanging into this game? Yeah, Reddick has been phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. You know, Howie gets a, a lot of credit going after him and, and getting him at, uh, I don't want to say cheap price, but a, a very good price and very over-delivering, cheap. right? Very good price. I, I um, sort of interrupt you there quickly, but I actually, like, to his contract, like, I was looking at some guys paid higher than him. Carl Lawson, Leonard Floyd, Emmanuel Ugba, Bud Dupree, Chandler Jones. Like, it's it was a steal. Yes, it on. was. Yeah. And, and, and that's the much-needed speed they had to add to the, on the side, right, that we've been waiting for on the defensive end. Uh, so, I, I think – I think the Michael Parsons matchup against the offensive line is the one everybody's got circled. That that line has heard all the things that Mike has talked about. And and listen, I think Dan Orlovsky's thought process was incredible in that first meeting. Go after number 11. Literally go after him. And that's how you neutralize him. And the Eagles did that, especially um, with their run game. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. Uh, I think also they, they ran a lot of college concepts uh, at Micah and, and that Dallas defense and Dan Quinn in that first meeting. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see how everybody adjusts. Everything's about adjustments, right? So how do you handle that adjustment on the Dallas side? Cause I'm sure they will. And then how do you handle that on the offensive side, offensive line side for the Eagles specifically? So uh, I can't wait for that matchup. That to me is the one that I circle um, immediately. And um and the other matchup, I want to kind of see how it plays out. I kind of want to see Darius Slay, and I feel like Darius Slay is going to have a monster game. One of those games where he's okay. going to have, you know, a pick, at least one pick. He's going to create as, you know, the tendency of Dak is sometimes to force the ball. And, and are they going to pressure Dak enough where the playmakers on the outside – can step up and make a play. And 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 listen, we, we all know the, the impact of uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, how much they miss him when it comes to just being a ball hawk. So I think a guy like Darius Slay is, is, you know, in that Minnesota game, Darius Slay said, I'm the guy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shut down 18. There's a reason why this team is, is, is this offense moves. It's because, you know, Justin Jefferson. And he shut him down. And I think that's one of those – Darius loves these moments. So I'm looking forward to the Slay matchup if we see him versus CD Lamb. It's interesting because the Eagles, you haven't really seen a lot of the Eagles secondary the last three games because look at the past offenses they played. They played the Tennessee Titans. They didn't really move the ball as much through the air. The New York Giants didn't at all. Um, even last week, the Chicago Bears, they they got all their yards basically through Justin Fields running. So it's been a quiet kind of last three weeks for the Eagles pass defense. Just, just from just lack of opportunities, they haven't thrown the ball as much. Like they haven't been turning the ball over. They haven't been creating turnovers, sorry, and they're still 
winning games well on defense, which I think is a very good sign because yeah. this, this defense was very turnover reliant. Um, before at the beginning of the season, they were, I think, first in turnovers from the majority of the season. I don't know if they still are or t- created turnovers. Sorry, my apologies, but they were very reliant on that to have success. And it hasn't been that way the last three weeks, and they're still getting wins. So I do think that's very important. And the Mike, to your point, Brandon, and, and yeah. the last three weeks or previous, you know, four weeks, you can go back, right? They have made sure that that defensive front, and Gannon's done a better job here to attack the quarterback, right? Yeah, sure. You're making sure you're slowing down the running back because that's the focal point of the three offenses you just talked about. Uh, spe- specifically, you know, the Titans, the Giants, and what we saw, I think there was uh, another guy that was uh, pretty big um, in one of those weeks in the, it was before the Titans where they, they went through a run. The Packers game was before Packers the- game, right? Yeah. And, and and the defensive line dictated the entire game, mm-hmm. right? And I know, you know, Dylan and Jones went off specifically, but like that that line, they were in Aaron Rodgers' face the entire game. They made yep. sure they created havoc. And, and I think that that defensive line and what Gannon's done the last month has been much better than what we saw, I think, uh, about six weeks ago. Okay, so you're around some of the best NFL experts um, in the world at ESPN. You, you you work for NFL Live sometimes. You're on SportsCenter. You're around some of the, just the most knowledgeable NFL people. What I guess – my question is, is, I guess, what is the kind of – what's everyone talking about in the Eagles at the ESPN offices? What's the vibe around the Eagles at the ESPN offices? Um, just kind of just give me what you're hearing about this team while you're at work. Hey, listen, I, I'm really lucky – uh, I spend my Saturdays t- on college football uh, in studio talking college football with Booger McFarland, but he works on Sundays as well with Boomer, uh, Chris Berman on NFL primetime. So he's watching all the games and he's doing Monday night countdown on the road. So I hear what he has to say. Ryan Clark's always in studio after NFL live. Marcus Spears, Dan Orlovsky. Mm-hmm. I am really lucky to work with, and Mina Kimes. I'm really lucky to work with, I think, the best in the business and the brightest minds like you brought up when it comes to looking at tape and understanding tape and explaining it, right? All of them, all of them love what the Eagles are doing. All of them believe the Eagles are the one seed. All of them have just, you know, I'm the one who's saying, hey, who, who do we need to be worried about? And and they all tell me, you know, the, the natural stuff like the 49ers, and you got to worry about their defense and what's going to happen there. But they all view the Eagles with high respect as a one seed. Now, that's in the NFC. When, you know, mm-hmm. then, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, they come in the mix, and it's a different type of conversation. Yeah. But specifically in the NFC, and that's actually my only focus. I'm not worried about the AFC. I'm worried about what, let's get the one seed. Let's move on, right? Secure that, and then let's take it week by week. That They talk about just the Eagles' ability to beat you in multiple ways and the balance that they have. One game, they, they'll run the ball. One game, they're going to pass the ball. They talk and they rave about the growth of Jalen Hurts. Dan has not been shy about that publicly, as well as uh, Ryan Clark. And Mina Kimes talks about that as well. They talk about the defensive front. The one, the one common denominator is just the growth of Sirianni and Hertz in one season. And they're aware, like this, there's mad respect. They are aware of all the talk about how ESPN views the Eagles, but it's not them. They're not the ones that do that. They're not the ones that are 
pushing any type of agenda. And I don't mm. want to say there's anybody specific pushing an agenda. It, it's just what are the what you know what are the topics? Jerry Jones talk. All right, Cowboys, right? It's Jerry Jones. It's Dak Prescott, right? Cowboys are very much like the Yankees. Hate them, like them, you're watching. Very much like Notre Dame. Hate them, like them, you're watching. And you know what I tell everybody? Good. That's exactly what we yeah. saw in 2017 when everybody counted the Eagles out. I'm okay with that. And they laugh about it because they understand. But the, when it comes to respect and understanding, it's the Eagles as the one seed in the NFC. There's no question with the people I talk about. Yeah, I think that's right, too. Like, I, I think they're, the 49ers and Cowboys have definitely had good seasons, and they're definitely some, a team to, teams to worry about. But like they're 13-1 and one right now. The Eagles are absolutely rolling. Like they're, The one loss was against the Commanders, and it took a Quez Watkins fumble. It took a bunch of chaotic penalties. Like it, it, Everything had to go right on that Monday night game for the Commanders to win. Like They could easily be 14-0 right now. And you brought up the, how your colleagues talk about the growth of Sirianni and the offense. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember um, after the, the Las Vegas Raiders game last year, they were 2-5? and five. Yep. Do you remember the fertilizing speech? Yeah, our speech? Do. Do you know that they are 20 and four since that speech? As yes. Including the playoffs. And Brendan, to your point, mm-hmm. what, what happened that following week? They played the Lions. Yeah. And they what spoke. did he do? He said, let me make sure I'm changing my game plan to the yep. talent I have and let's run the football. Yep. And that is Nick Sirianni adjusting, saying, I'm not going to be stubborn. Let me look at who I have and take advantage of the parts and pieces and the players' talents to get the game plan. And I really admire that and him adjusting that way and And him understanding that. And I think that's been the best part of him as a head coach. Like head coaches can get really stubborn in the NFL. They, they like what they like. They do what they do. This is my playbook. We're going to run. And if it doesn't work, then we're screwed. And that's, that's an old school, an old school style uh, coaching thought. Um, You have to adapt to the players around. You have to, work with the talent that you have. And Nick yep. Sirianni has done that perfectly. And that's just a great sign as an Eagles fan to kind of see that your head coach adapts to the players that are around you. Um, I guess my last kind of Eagles related question is what is, I guess your biggest concern for this team over the next four weeks? Let's take out the Jalen hurts shoulder injury. Um, what, what's something that you're maybe a little worried about that could come to fruition? Um, just kind of get, let's go down negative alley a little bit here, I guess. <laughs> My two biggest concerns, uh, and this was before the Hertz injury, was health. Mulata's um, shoulder in the beginning of the season, that, that bugged him all, you know, for a while. Uh, as well as Lane Johnson, losing Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Like, those are the, my biggest concerns. That's why the one seed, I think, is so critical. And my, my second biggest concern is the special teams. Um, it feels like – now, they were okay this past week, but it feels like, you know, Michael Clay is always front and center on Monday saying, I got to fix that up, you know, and Sirianni's talking about it, the frustration of the field position and the coverage units. I, I, I have a bad feeling that if, they, if it's not cleaned up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost us a big play in the, in, in the postseason on a return. That, and, and we all know in those type of games, it's, it's who makes the first mistake in the postseason, right? And then does that now change the momentum of a game? So my, my biggest, like aside from injuries, uh, is this special teams unit making sure that uh, they cover their butts uh, when it comes to punt returns and kick returns and giving up a really good, I think, um, you know, 
especially in cold weather games, when you watch that 49ers Packers game, nothing made sense in a playoff. <laughs> that playoff game, nothing, nothing made sense. Yeah. Field position made sense in that game. In games like that, that dictate everything. And um, that's what I, I do not want for the Eagles to bite them in the butt. Something that they can clean up and they had all season to clean up. And then it's just going to, you know, uh, I think backfire for them in the postseason. Uh, what do you think, Brendan? Is that your concern? I think turnovers on offense is the biggest concern, I feel like. But that's just every team worries about turnovers on offense, yeah. right? But the games that they have struggled with, they've lost the turnover battle, the Washington game. The Indianapolis Colts game was another one where they almost lost and they they turned the ball over a lot. The, the, the Bears game last week, right? Like little dinky, stupid turnovers. The special teams is a good one as well because we go back to the playoffs with the punt block and the 49ers-Packers game, like you said. Um, the Packers, that game against the Eagles is just this year. Like they all their field, all their drives started at the 40, like 40 yep. yard line. It took Jalen Hurts putting on an absolute dominant performance for them to put up 40 points to win that game. So I guess field position on special teams and turnovers on offense is probably my biggest concern. But again, those are generic concerns that every team most likely has, right? So if there's not, there's not really a lot to kind of pinpoint. So that's why I wanted to ask your question if you had maybe a little answer that I haven't thought of. But um, okay, I only got you for a couple more minutes here. It's Eagles Cowboys week. I got to ask you, you've been an Eagles fan for a very long time. You grew up in the Philly area. What's your favorite Eagles Cowboys moment? There's a handful of them. The pickle yeah, juice game question. with Deuce Staley, right? Remember the pickle juice game? Uh, so I am, I'm, I'm full disclosure. I'm 27, so I was an Eagles fan. My first kind of remember of Eagles football is 2002. So that, okay. that playoff. So little before my time, I think. But yeah, um, okay. you can go obviously before that if you want. For the well, for the- I, I, I will have to, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Barry Switzer fourth and one stop in 1995, but he kept on going <laughs> the same play. And okay. that's when the Cowboys were, you know, three time or they were on their way to winning their third Super Bowl in, in uh, four years. And uh, we were just trying to figure things out. The Deuce Daly pickle juice game, um, the Wilbur Montgomery 81 game uh, in the NFC Conference, uh, NFC Conference Championship, where they had the chance to go to the Super Bowl and, and Montgomery was incredible. I was at the scab game. Where Buddy Ryan, I was in, the, I was in that end zone. Buddy Ryan called the fake, and Randall threw the touchdown, which was incredible. Uh, the Bounty Bowl, which was unbelievable. What they did to Troy Aikman, his rookie season, that that defensive front, they were they just destroyed him. So it's so many, so many ones. Uh, you know, the one, I think you could, uh, you know, you're aware of this one. The one that. It was, what, 2007, 2006, 2007, the Chris Clemens game. 44-6, baby. 44-6, yeah. Yes, T.O.'s a, a cowboy. Yeah. And what they did, like, I just everything about it. Was it, it may have been 2009. I it laughed was, it so was much. Two, it was 2008 season for them. To, okay. Was it time to get in the playoffs? What yes. I remember about that day was the Buccaneers – had to lose to the to Oakland Raiders. Yeah, exactly. And it was like the Bucks were like seven to eight point favorites. Yes. And and then the Raiders just ran all over the Bucks. They win. And then the game was flexed, of course, the day before that or the week before that to the night game. So that was for the division. And it was just yeah. an absolute shit kicking. That's exactly it, yeah. And mm-hmm. that game was comical. Like everything yeah. about that game 
was one of those, like, well, I had it on DVR for, like, several years, and I would just watch the game, and I would just laugh, especially, you know, B-Dog's on that team and yep. just everything about the, the defense. So and there's a lot of great memories uh, of, of Eagles-Cowboys. Notice I'm not sharing the other one. I mean, the Mark Sanchez Thanksgiving game. Yeah, right? that's that was another incredible. one. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's been a good run, um, and, and that – Listen, there's nothing better than that rivalry uh, if you're a Philadelphia fan. It's just something different. Um, I explained to my kids uh, last year that, hey, Eagles can go winless, and if their two wins are against the Cowboys, we call that a successful year. That's just how it's always going to be. All right, Kevin, I have to let you go. Time's up, but I would love to have you on maybe another time to go deep down your your, your career path because you, you've had a really interesting kind of – Wait, um, kind of rise to where you are. So, um, and I would love for listeners to know that. So, we'll talk another time, but I, I got to let you go now. Before you do go, why don't you plug in where the listeners can find you on social media, where they can find your work? Just let everyone know where they can find all your stuff. Uh, so, Kevin uh, Nagandi, you know, that's that's basically uh, at Twitter, you know, Kevin Nagandi, uh, Instagram as well, at Kevin Nagandi. And if you ever watch Sports Center 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, college football. On ABC on Saturdays, I'll be at the Peach Bowl for Ohio State, Georgia, um, and then the national championship. And, you know, uh, I'm around. I, I don't say no a lot. So I'll, you'll see me uh, working, especially, uh, you know, during this postseason when the Eagles hopefully have a long run. Yeah, maybe, maybe I could have you on after the parade and your voice is gone and uh, you're covering the parade. You can't speak and you can come on the Double Doink podcast and we can relish in some Eagles Super Bowl victory. One week at a time. One week at a time. All right? I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. But anyways, thanks, Evan, so much, man. Really appreciate you. Thank you very much. Happy holidays to everybody. You too.